pushed. Pushed, as they say. Hey everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, today is the fourth Monday of the month, which means it's time for Dr. Brooke Goldner. And you may know her from her wonderful program and book, Goodbye Lupus. And she's going to answer some of your questions today. And she also does. <laughs> I got my own recording. And she also does a Q&A every week. I believe it's Wednesday on her Instagram page. And I think it also goes to some of her other pages. She'll tell you all about it. Please welcome her to the show. It's so good to see you again. Good to see you again, too. Yeah, you're always so happy. What's your secret? <laughs> what is my secret to happiness? Uh, it's a choice. Um, but I, you know, I think... Uh, it's just one of those things as a side effect of being told I was dying at 16 was I just decided that if I was going to have a limited time in this planet, I'd just look for every possible way to enjoy it. And so far, it's worked for me. You know, if you let the little things make you happy, it's harder for the big things to take you out. And there's been a lot of big things going on. But yeah, I'm happy. I have love in my life. I have passion in my work. I get to hang out with fun people like you. The work that I do changes lives for the better. I mean, there's just no downside. I have amazing little boys that are doing good things. So I just, I let all of the good in my life fill me up. And uh, and so, yeah, I wake up smiling. I know you, because you always have a big smile on your face. I met you, met, met you many years ago and you haven't, you know, changed, which is nice. I remember you were, when I first met you, it was at an event in Los Angeles. I think you had one little kid and you were pregnant with the second one at the time. No, I had uh, a newborn Alex was a newborn that was wrapped on my chest the whole event, that he was just this little, yeah, this little guy. Um, uh, and that's actually how Vegan Health and Fitness Magazine discovered me because I was walking around with this baby and they went, that's your baby? I said, yeah, you know, and he was, um, I think he was like two months old, but I was already back in shape. So they did a whole photo shoot with me. And then that's how we ended up with our first cover back in the day. I have it behind me, but they were just like, ah, this is what we're talking about. That if you're healthy and fit and you're plant-based that, you know, you can bounce back and you can look good and you can have healthy kids. So yeah, it was a really fun event. It was a vegan health and fitness event. I believe it was. Yeah. Do you ever like, I mean, like check your markers to see if any part of your disease has come back or are you just, you're just healthy. You don't worry about it anymore. Yeah. Like once a year. Uh, and there have been years that have gone by that I haven't, I mean, I don't think about it much. So it was 30 years ago that they gave me six months to live and it's been 18 years that I've been disease free. So there's not much that I'm too worried about. I don't have any symptoms of any illness, but you know, I got my standard stuff. So I'm in my mid forties. Actually, I guess I'm teetering into late forties. I'll be 47 in February. Does that count as late? Yeah. <laughs> it's late. yeah. I'm, teetering, I'm teetering over. Uh, so, you know, I got all my things. I, I actually do get all of the tests done. I don't play with that. So I got my mammograms, my colonoscopy and all those things. Uh, but yeah, so you're also do uh, a test just to look at all the lupus markers just out of curiosity. And yeah, it's been 18 years that they've been negative, still normal kidneys, no sign of, of the blood clots or anything that made me sick for all those years. Do you ever talk to some of your former doctors that told you you had such a short time to live and say, hello? Yeah, actually, I mean, I haven't <laughs> talked to them, but it was about oof, trying to, I always think of time by where I was living at the time. So we were in Austin. I believe it was about seven years ago that my rheumatologist sent me an email. He'd read my book 
And he just wanted to send me an email and say how happy he was that I was healthy because he had taken care of me from 16 until I moved away uh, for my residency. So till I was in my mid twenties and I, uh, my, my primary care doctor and my mom had spoken and she was really excited for me. They're all retired. And, but I did go to see my nephrologist. So my kidney doctor, I went to see him about five years ago. I want to say, let me think, wait, let me think how old my kids are. Okay. Maybe six or seven years ago. They, they, they age quickly. It seems while I say the same. Um, but so we went, uh, we went to Pennsylvania and I said, I have to go see my nephrologist because he was the one that led my treatment. You need one doctor to kind of be in charge. And because I was in kidney failure, he was the, the, the head person and he saved my life. I mean, he's the one who came, who decided to do the experimental treatments. I was one of the test subjects for chemotherapy and all that. So I went to see him and he's now the medical director of the hospital. He was a young new doctor when I was 16. He was, he was young. He was in his thirties, uh, just fresh, fresh new doctor with new ideas. And of course now he's a bit older. Uh, <laughs> so I went to see him and I brought the kids. I brought my husband and he couldn't believe it. Actually, he had tears in his eyes when he walked out. He said he had to look up and see if I was the person he thought I was because he couldn't believe I was alive. Like he really just could not believe that I was alive. And the fact that I was healthy and had children blew him away. So he was hugging me and crying and we had a beautiful time hanging out a bit. And then uh, the, the, the funniest part of it though, I have to laugh. I have to call it funny, but also frustrating was I told him everything, you know, this is what I did. This is how I got healthy. My kidneys are normal. You know, couldn't believe it. Crying, crying. And we go to leave. And at the time, Alex was, you know, maybe three or so. And, uh, and there was a candy bowl and Alex pointed to it. You know, can I have this? I said, no, we, we don't eat that. And as so we're walking out the door and I was opening the door and my nephrologist says, you know, I still think when it comes to food, moderation is probably best. And I almost walked into the door. I had the door in my hand and I was like, I kind of tripped. <laughs> what? But even when I was sick, he told me pizza was the perfect food because it has all the food groups. Um, so, you know, but it was just, it blew me away that he was amazed that I was alive. He was thrilled. I mean, thrilled crying. And yet his brain was still like, ah, food, probably not that. And there's no other explanation, right? But it was just one of those things. So that that part was, it was both beautiful and frustrating that ah, you didn't get it. But yeah, it was it, it was kind of cool that my rheumatologist reached out and, and is a fan now. <laughs> but yeah, so that's those are the three, the three main doctors that took care of me when I was young. That is something. Do you think the reason doctors don't recommend your protocol is because they don't believe it or they don't think the patients will do it? Or maybe a little of both. Uh, well, I, I think there's a lot of variety, but a lot of times they do. I mean, the cool thing is nowadays, a lot of times when people come to me, they say that their, their doctors are cheering them on, that their doctors follow me or recommended it. I get referrals a lot now. I have doctors that do my program and then, of course, recommend it to their patients. So the way things are now is way different than it was 10 years ago, even, uh, because a lot of doctors are really excited about it. They're already doing before tests, before they see me, you know, so that they're they're interested but for the folks that don't, I think that more likely uh, there's a lot of folks that are older out there that just aren't up to date on these things, you know, that maybe even my nephrologist back when he first got out of med school and he was working with me, he was reading all the newest research. He was searching for new and exciting things, but probably now is in the habit of doing the things that he's been doing for 30 years, right? That at some point people kind of just get in a rut 
and maybe aren't looking for new ways and new things. Whereas the young doctors are very interested. They're watching documentaries. They're searching online. I've, I've uh, given talks from many different med schools, a lot of them over Zoom into other countries who found me and asked me to teach them. So I think the younger generation, they're very aware of all of this because they, they, they grow up on the internet. They're watching documentaries. They see things in a different way. So I think for a lot of them that are existing out there now, they're not looking for new ways. And a lot of them, I think, are uncomfortable with their patients having all this knowledge that they don't. I literally went into a doctor's office. I forget why. I think it was for gynecology or something, something for a checkup. I don't go otherwise. And there was something on the wall that said, uh, please do not, uh, we do not take referrals from Dr. Google or something. It was some, oh some sarcastic thing. And I get it. But at the same time, patients are more educated than they've ever been. They are learning. They're, they're going to conferences. They're watching things like this. And doctors are not trained in nutrition. So I think there's some discomfort too, where they're like, I don't know if it works, do it. But I don't know. So, uh, but, but I don't see the resistance that I used to, like I said, I, I get a lot of referrals now. I have doctors that have written me messages saying they come to my Q and A's every week. So they're Wednesdays at 1230 PM Pacific on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook, wherever you, you get your social media. But I've had doctors that tell me they come to my Q and A's so that they can learn how to talk to their patients about these issues. So it, it's changing. The world is, is changing for the better, I think, when it comes to lifestyle and nutrition and all the things that we really have power over helping patients with. That's fabulous. Were you actually on dialysis? No, but I was the, the that's why we did the experimental treatment. He said with business as usual and the medicines I usually prescribe within six months, you'll be on dialysis if you live. That was what he said. That was how he that was the uh, or you can have this experimental treatment. So it was, yeah, it was pretty stark. So he said, if I had just been on the prednisone, the medicines that we had at the time that I would hundred percent be on dialysis, I would fully fail and be on dialysis within six months because my kidneys were failing so quickly, but the chemotherapy worked. It just took two years of chemo before I finally went into a remission where my kidney stabilized. Wow. What a story. Maybe make a movie about it. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's my life. It's like whenever people say it's a story, I'm like, it's my life. That's the weird part. Um, and yet on a daily basis, unless I'm talking about it, it's like it's a whole nother life. Um, because I've spent now I've spent more time healthy than sick, which is pretty bizarre. I spent 12 years in chronic health issues, arthritis, kidney failure, blood clots from lupus, but it's now been 18 years that I haven't been sick at all. So so it's it's shifted now. It's kind of cool. That's great. Well, congratulations. If you don't mind, people have written in questions. If you could answer as many There's as possible. always questions. Yes. Always. Well, some, um, of this <laughs> some were on smoothies like this first one from Sharon. My granddaughter is one year old. Could the acidic fruits and green smoothies cause damage to her teeth if she drinks the smoothies daily? I've never seen any problems uh, that way. I mean, I, I gave my, I gave smoothies to my kids since they were drinking them out of their bottles at four and five months old. I mixed it with breast milk back then, but um, no, I haven't seen it be the case. I mean, you're going to brush their whatever teeth they have, but yeah, it shouldn't be an issue. Same with adults. I'll bring it up for adults too. The only times I've been seen, I've seen issues is there are some adults that are swishers where they'll put the smoothie in and then they swish it around their mouth and then they leave it there. And I have seen people get cavities like that. You can't just leave food on your teeth, but if you use a straw and you drink it and you have good dental hygiene, it shouldn't be a problem. That is fantastic. Let's see. Um, so, you know, some 
do you deal with somebody's asking live? I, I'll, I like to go to live every now and then. Trigeminal neuralgia has your protocol helped that condition ever? I don't have any cases for trigeminal neuralgia. I mean, it, there's so many different things that could cause it. So usually what we're looking at is bringing down inflammation and nerve repair and help people with a lot of different neuropathies. We have someone right now in my rapid recovery group who has a disease that's neurological that looks like ALS, but they can't confirm that it's ALS, but her symptoms are gone. Like we're in the fifth week and she's been without symptoms for over a week now. And so whatever it is, it's not showing up. Uh, We've had different types of neuropathies like after chemotherapy, people have done my rapid recovery group to get rid of the neurologists or the neuropathies that they got from chemotherapy, um, neuropathies that are from autoimmune diseases or from the medicine. So I've seen many different kinds of neuropathies improve, but, um, but I, I don't have any cases I can think of that someone came specific with tri- trigeminal. And so I never say yes, unless I have a case. Right. Thank you. And how often do your programs start? And I'm sure we have the information in the show notes because you sent it to me, but for people watching live, how often can they get into one of your programs? So that really depends. So I have um, wellness appointments where people can see me over Zoom. I see people all over the world. Um, And uh, for rush appointments right now, that's eight weeks that might get a little harder with holidays because I did promise my kids days off. Uh, but uh, usually eight weeks for a rush appointment. I think for a regular appointment right now, it's like February, March-ish. Uh, rapid recovery. So I have a rapid recovery group and that is by far my most popular program that people go into. The next rapid recovery group starts in January. It'll be January 12th. So that one is filling up, but it still has spots in it. Uh, we are going to take off for the holidays and travel a bit. We're going to go see an underground cavern. This would be cool. Um, and then, uh, and then I have four week private rapid recovery. So right now I have, I think one spot left in November. And then after that, it will be January also. Nice. Thank you. This is from Marlene. And she says, I've recently been diagnosed with polymyalgia rheumatica. I also have type one diabetes for 52 years and I'm on prednisone. It helps tremendously, but I don't want to be on it because it really disrupts from blood sugars, plus of all the side effects. I've been whole food plant-based nine years. What can I do to help? I'm waiting to hear from the rheumatologist to get an appointment. Oh my goodness. So PMR, you are talking, well, you're talking to the right person. You're you're typing to the right person. I would definitely recommend that you go on the goodbye autoimmune disease protocol. What's great about it is it works not only for PMR, but also it should help you with your blood glucose levels as well. I actually just got an email. It was forwarded to me from Dr. Clapper. I'm sure everyone knows that. He's a dear friend of mine, but he also refers people to me or tells people about my program. So someone that he had told to go on my program, who just did it following my online content, my books, you know, I've never met her. She was actually able to get rid of the antibody for type one diabetes uh, that she's had forever uh, while on my program. So that was the first time I seen someone test for that. So that was pretty cool. So in terms of preventing further damage, getting rid of autoimmune disease, and it's going to um, decrease any kind of insulin resistance that you might have as well. Sometimes people don't realize they have it, but everyone I've worked with with type one diabetes has also been able to lower their insulin, but you're right. Steroids are going to make your sugar levels higher, but they also dissolve your bones. And so they can help you with the arthritis, but there's a price to pay. So if you get on the protocol that I teach, then you should be able to bring down the inflammation and pain and have better control over the diabetes. Maybe you could do it all before you see the rheumatologist. That'll be great. I love when people tell me they went, they finally got their appointment after like eight months or a year. And the doctor went, why are you here? You look fine because they were on my program up until they got there. So let's do that instead rather than need more medication. Oh, that's a great idea. Thank you. Uh, This is from 
Melissa, have you ever helped people with colitis? Absolutely. Lots of different kinds of colitis. Uh, I've helped people successfully reverse both Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, and rather quickly as well. So yes, absolutely. What you put into the colon has the greatest impact on the health of the colon, and we can get it healthier uh, quickly. Great. Do you work with people of all ages? Because this next one is about um, somebody's son. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I think my youngest client uh, has been around two and my oldest has been a hundred. So yes, absolutely. That's amazing. Okay. Uh, Samantha says um, her son suffers terrible acne despite the family being vegan for 14 years. The son is now 19. They've recently turned no oil and even tried no nuts and seeds, but he's still breaking out. Have you ever worked with patients with severe acne? Any recommendations, hypernourishment or goodbye autoimmune? Any thoughts on red marks left by postules? We need help. Absolutely. So one, it depends on the motivation of your kids. And 19, they kind of have a mind of their own about things. Um, but what I found is one of the most awesome side effects of eating the way I teach people to eat is they get super glowy, healthy skin. You know, my son Solomon told me over the weekend that he's the only one of his friends in high school that doesn't have acne. Because he has, you've seen Solomon, he has beautiful glowing skin, but what does he do? He has smoothies every day and he's plant-based and he doesn't eat sugar. So what I found um, a lot of times with teenagers, the problem is not just the meat and dairy and processed foods, but also sugar. So it's a, it's a switch from vegan into eating a plant-based diet that takes out the sugar and the processed food and then add in the smoothies. Uh, if you've ever met raw vegans, I know Chef AJ has, like the more raw you eat, the more you glow. Like it's just their skin is absolutely incredible. So I'm not fully raw. I'm about 75%, but I found that you know, smoothies, salads, high hydration. So I drink a gallon of water a day. Um, all of that makes really, really nice skin. So get rid of the junk. If they do eat cooked food, that it's just unprocessed, no added oils, no sugars, and then throw in those salads and smoothies, get that water intake up and you should see his skin improving. Wow. Yeah, you're right. The, the, a lot of the raw people, they do, they have the glow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, those vitamins and minerals and antioxidants, they just come on into the skin and then, you know, the water intake is essential too, though. The realize your skin is the last organ of the body to receive nourishment and hydration. So when you want really glowy skin, since my protocol is an overdose of nutrition and hydration, it always ends up in the skin. So it's, well, I, I, I'm drinking water now. I really? see it. I see it. Whenever I talk about water, the whole audience. Always I know just, everybody <laughs> picks up their water bottle. That's funny. Uh, Greta says, um, her problem is okay. She has metastatic Crohn's that she developed after a vaccination. And the biggest problem is terrible rashes, especially on her neck. Last month, she did an eight day medically supervised water fast, which helped greatly. But as she started eating very clean, whole food, plant-based again, it flared up. She's now trying an elimination diet to determine exactly what the problem foods would be. Any advice would be very much appreciated. Sorry that you're going through that. Again, my program works really well for Crohn's. So if you're able to eat anything that it's not currently active in terms of, you know, a lot of times with Crohn's people have mucus and blood in their, in their stool and they're having, you know, 15 bowel movements a day. So if you're not currently having symptoms like that and you can eat anything, I would go right into the goodbye autoimmune protocol. And I have stuff all over online where you can read it and my whole social media, I teach it for free. Um, but that protocol works astoundingly well. Every single person we work with with Crohn's this year in my rapid recovery program was completely negative, even to the markers by the end of five weeks. 
So there's markers you can look at in the stool, calprotectin, the inflammatory markers in the bloodstream. So if you can go right on the protocol, go for it right away. Sometimes people have to go slowly if they actively have diarrhea, then you know anything coming in is coming out too quickly to help you. Then there's ways that I work with people to kind of slow dose them to, to get you going um, so that you don't overwhelm your system. There are supplements that can help too, like curcumin and glutamine in the meantime that can help kind of bring down up, uh, the inflammation more topically inside the bowel, but the protocol works so well. So before you go for you know uh, elimination or other things, you actually wanna go for the smoothies. And smoothies are really preferable because that way you don't have roughage sitting in those bowels if they're irritated. And your smoothies are really green. Your, your smoothies are really green smoothies. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're not, not, they're, not they're not Jamba juice, um, you know, orange juice, no. banana smoothies. These are true green smoothies. Yeah. I always joke around with people that a lot of time when someone says green smoothie, it's like a fruit smoothie that's been anointed with some greens. Like they're just a handful. No, no, no. Mine are, they are mostly green, like shoved down into the blender to, you know, three quarters of the way up. And then you add in flax or chia seeds, and then you add in water and then the fruits, for flavor at the, at the top. So it's just enough fruit to make it taste good so that you can get it down. But yeah, it is a deliver. It is a system designed to deliver the vegetables to the system. Yep. You know, it's interesting. I learned from um, my friend, John Pierre a long time ago. And, um, sometimes I'll have salad smoothies, like just because I don't have time to sit there and chew a salad. So I'll take whatever my salad is and I'll blend it. And that's kind of a, that's a true green smoothie, isn't it? Cause there's no, yeah. no fruit in it. Yeah. Yeah, you can totally you could do it without fruit too, and they work well. It's just most people will not do it. No. But um, but I've done that before. I was at the beach over the summer, and I felt like, oh, I've been in the sun all day. I'm kind of a little dehydrated. So what appealed to me in the moment, which this is how what happens when you've been doing this so long, is I just took a bunch of power greens and water and ice, and I blended it up and drank it down, and it was so refreshing. I'm like, ah, I feel great. And I went, this is what people think that that vegans do. So <laughs> they're just eating plain leaves. But after a while, your body kind of craves what it, what it needs. I, I, I agree. Because like I'll do like cucumber, zucchini, bell pepper, and tomato. And parts part of those are fruits. And maybe put a, just a little bit of lemon juice in it. And it, I think, it, I mean, it doesn't look pretty, so I, but it tastes good to me. Refreshing. Yeah. I, I had a friend who he has a lot of fruit allergies, but he makes smoothies now. It's kind of what happens when you hang out with me long enough. And so he just does spinach, uh, mint. And, uh, and that, and maybe some chia seeds and water. And it was delicious. Like I thought it was just refreshing. It tasted green and refreshing, but didn't have the sweetness. But for most folks, the reason I can get them well and to get them to eat all those vegetables is because of the fruit flavor, because they're just many people that I meet just aren't used to eating vegetables. And so the smoothie was a solution that allowed people to finally be able to get all the vegetables in, but have it still taste like banana mango so that they could get it down. Yeah. Delicious. Thank you. This is from Megan. Can your protocol help reverse a vestibular schwannoma? Mine is currently small, but it's growing. I've been vegan for years, whole food, plant-based on and off. What is a schwannoma? It sounds like shawarma, like a food. But it's, de it's definitely not, not shawarma. Um, yeah. So um, I, I'm sorry that you're going through that. I mean, it's a type of tumor uh, that can grow in the nervous system. Um, I've never had someone who's done my protocol for that. So that's one thing I always test to. If I don't have a case to tell you, then I'm always going to say, I don't know, because I don't make stuff up. 
Um, we've helped people with a lot of different types of tumors. It's been actually interesting to see uh, that, especially in rapid recovery, those markers coming down. I always recommend though people go with their primary treatment from their doctors, so whether they want you to do surgery or other things. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I've never had someone specifically with a schwannoma. So you'll have to tell me, uh, send me a message and let me know. Nice. That's a funny word. Uh, this is from Kathy. Please ask Dr. Goldner why she takes a probiotic and why that specific brand when most of the plant-based doctors say to get healthy bacteria from fermented food. I am confused. I don't take a probiotic anymore. Uh, oh. I recommend probiotics for people who are trying to change their diet. Uh, and are having intestinal difficulties. So realize that the bacteria that live in your gut are the ones that prefer your current diet. That's how you encourage them to grow is you're feeding them, right? Whatever you feed is gonna grow. So for people who are coming from diets that are highly processed, meat, dairy, other things, who are now switching to trying to do my protocol, where they're eating pounds of raw vegetables and uh, you know mega-3s and drinking all this water and everything, a lot of times people have a lot of uh, bloating and discomfort. They're pooping all day or they can't poop, right? There's all sorts of, of, of upheaval happening in the gut. Because again, the goodbye lupus protocol, the goodbye autoimmune protocol, that, that it's an intentional overdose in nutrition, and that's just beginning by the gut. So if you are trying to change over your diet in a drastic way, because you want drastically better health, it can help your gut along to give it the probiotics that will put the right bacteria in there that prefer healthy food. Uh, what I've seen when it comes to fermented stuff, you can have fermented stuff, that's fine. It's just that the levels of bacteria are not really tested and there's no conformity to it. So you don't really know what you're getting. Sometimes the fermented foods have sugars in them. So it's just one of those things where probiotics can really work. They can work quickly. They can get rid of that distress. And so during that process, sometimes people will take them for like six months or more while their guts get used to this new way of eating. But it's not a forever thing. The only time that I recommend people continue with probiotics after their guts are happy and their body's healthy and they're doing well is if you have to take an antibiotic. So let's say you get a bite and you need to get antibiotics or something happens and you need them. And sometimes people still do then I recommend people take probiotics at the same time, but make sure you take it at least two hours after your dose of the antibiotics. Sometimes people will take them together and you're just killing the probiotics off. So, um, but for, for not for forever. So I haven't taken a probiotic in a very long time because I, I don't need them now. Um, Dr. Clapper did a talk once years ago where he had uh, showed a study that if someone takes antibiotics, it can take two years for their gut bacteria to get back to normal. And that really, I remember watching him and listening to him talk about that. I'm like, wow, that's another reason why I recommend probiotics, right? It's like, you want to wait a couple of years or do you want to just help it along? So every once in a while, there's ways to help it along. And that's why I use them. Yeah, thank you. Um, Marianne says, I don't know what HN stands for, but maybe you do. I have friends that had their gallbladders removed. Are there mm -hmm. any limitations with HN with smoothies for Oh, hypernourishment. Hypernourishment. Okay. <laughs> With smoothies for people who don't have their gallbladder. So you can absolutely do it. A lot of people have their gallbladders out. I mean, if it hurts, take it out, right? That's what we do in medicine. <laughs> as much as they can. Um, so no. So basically, once you've had your gallbladder out, your gallbladder is kind of a, a bag where your liver can store things that it can, you know, store for later. 
Um, so it, it's not that you're not making what you need, it's just you don't have any stores left over. So it stores what you need to break down fats. So uh, one of the ways that I would recommend someone without a gallbladder to do it would be uh, to put everything into the smoothie you normally would, but maybe instead of having big cups twice or three times a day, maybe spread them out to smaller cups, maybe four times a day so that you have uh, the ability to digest it all. But whatever you don't digest is just going to come out. It's not going to cause any harm. Thank you. I don't know if you can know this one, seborrheic dermatitis in the ear canal. Okay. That's all it says. There's no question around it. it. Says, is there, yeah. No, that, it that's, says it's a statement. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. Is there anything different to treating seborrheic dermatitis in the ear canal? Is it because it is in the ear canal and there's less blood flow that it ha- is stubborn to treatment? You can put the smoothie in the ear maybe. Ooh, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Do not try this at home. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, once you say it, now it's out there. Now someone's going to do it. They're going to, you know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I've never seen someone who only has it in the ear canal. I've definitely, I've ever had somebody in a recent group actually who's had seborrheic dermatitis since he was a kid and it went away during the group. Um, so I, I've definitely seen it go away. I've never met someone who only has it in the ear. I would actually also ask your ENT doctor to look inside there, see if there's anything they see that could be irritating or, you know, anything, why it was specifically just in that ear canal. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know the answer to that besides like keep going and maybe have someone look in there and see if they have any ideas. Yeah. That's weird. Oh, you have to yeah. know so much to be a doctor. I mean, there's, <laughs> it's incredible. So <laughs> this is from Jean, a sarcopenic 81 year old who's suspecting her body doesn't absorb the protein she ingests. She says, are there any accurate tests that show the utilization of ingested protein and differentiated from plant sources? And uh, she said, there's a nutrition genome, $359 DNA test kit that uh, somebody took that showed poor utilization of plant protein. So this person added meat and collagen for the diet and regained her strength. Oh boy. Um, so sarcopenia is the loss of muscle strength as we age due to less activity. That's the main kind of definition and understanding of it. So if you think of it that way, most folks who are losing muscle mass as they get older, it's because they're doing less physical activity. A lot of times, you know, with my patients and my wellness clients, I recommend all of them do strength training, even the older folks, especially the older folks, because our bone mass is directly related to our muscle mass. And so if we just let ourselves get weaker and just maybe go for walks, we're going to have more osteopenia, more osteoporosis. And the other big thing I always say to them is if you fall down, you need to be able to get back up, whether that involves one push up or a squat. Or maybe you have to do a shoulder press to get something off of you, right? That we need to be able to have strength as we get older. So the first thing I would look at is if you are losing muscle tone and strength is I'd put you into physical therapy and work on strength training because you would need to prove to me that you can't build muscle if you were doing strength training. That would be it. It's not about absorbing it. Uh, a lot of times people say, I don't think I absorb something. And I'm always like, based on what is it, you know, that what, why would you think that? Um, so I would like to see you working with a physical therapist. If your physical therapist isn't doing a good job, 
get another one and tell them specifically, I want to work on strength training. My muscles are getting weaker. I want to work on strength training. You do not need to eat animal products to build muscle. Uh, if you want a proof of that, you can look at any of the vegan bodybuilders out there. My own husband is 200 pounds of muscle uh, and he's ripped and he doesn't eat, he hasn't eaten any animal products in over a decade. Um, good friend of mine, Robert Cheek, you know, he's won bodybuilding contest. A lot of other people out there who are doing this. So it's just, uh, it's just not a real thing. If you start adding animal products as an older person, you're going to increase your risk of heart attacks and cancer uh, and, and osteoporosis. So yeah, you got to put that aside and you actually have to do the work. People want to grow muscles just by what they eat. And it doesn't work that way. I did a whole rant on this in my live Q and A's. Those of you saw it, I like, I even took my jacket off and flex for people because it was like, but it's important to understand people think if I eat something with protein, it's going to create muscles. And that's not what happens. If you eat something with protein and you don't work out, you might create some body fat, but you will not make a muscle. You create muscle through exercise. So that's your homework is I want you to go work out, do strength training with a physical therapist, and let's see if you actually put some muscle strength on. Great. Thank you. Um, this person would like to remain anonymous and says, I'm in your Facebook group, and you often say that beans and potatoes are weight gain food. I find this puzzling since many people have lost weight eating starch. I'm curious if you think this is true across the board or just on your protocol. Is it an issue of calorie density or something to do with omega-3s? None of the above. Okay. So this comes from uh, from the work that uh, my husband has done over the years. So, you know, Thomas Tabak has his book is Miracle Metabolism. And so his, his obsession, his study over the past, gosh, probably 20 years has been in metabolism and fat loss and strength training. So when we give advice, we're talking about optimize. So it's not that people who eat starches and beans can't lose weight. If you're exercising and you're burning it, you absolutely can. But if you're trying to optimize it, right, you want to drop every ounce of fat you can, then you're going to want to stick to other kinds of vegetables because that's what works better. So regular cooked vegetables, um, uh, you know, raw vegetables, cooked vegetables, smoothies, omega-3s, all that kind of stuff. And you will maximize it if you're also doing the right exercise. You're going to want to do high intensity interval training. You combine that with the diet I just said, you're going to burn maximal fat. But if you have some potatoes and beans and stuff in it and you're doing high intensity training, you're still going to lose weight as long as you're not, you know, as long as you're exercising and you're not eating other really, really bad stuff, you still will. It's just not optimal. So again, we, we kind of work in the realm of extreme results, right? The fast track to reversing autoimmune disease, the fast track to bringing down body fat or building muscle. So that's what we're talking about. It's like, if you get to a point where you've lost all you can and you're eating like lots of beans and potatoes all the time and you want to see if you can lose more, switch that out for salads and sauteed and steamed vegetables and, um, and then do, this, do the exercise and you'll see that you'll bring down even more body fat. So, you know, it, some people can get there on their own without it. Again, it depends on how much exercise you do. Um, so that's, that's what I mean by that, but it's not about omega-3 or anything else. It's just about optimizing the result. How much exercise do you do and what do you do? <laughs> so, uh, right now I do a uh, camp every morning. It's a full body workout, usually outside, although it was wet today. So we went inside. So it's 45 minutes, uh, four days a week. And <clears throat> it's mostly body weight, a little bit of weights here and there, uh, running and jumping jacks, push-ups, burpees, stuff like that. And then maybe one day a week, I'll do some weight training on my own in the gym. 
Nice. Well, you look great. I remember I saw you in person, so I know you really look like this. <laughs> and Juju says, can you drink coffee with soy milk on the Goodbye Lupus Protocol? I actually don't recommend soy milk just because we've seen some people have inflammatory responses to it. So on the Goodbye Lupus Protocol, you can have coffee. Yay! Um, one cup of coffee, not a giant one, like an eight ounce cup one. Okay. Uh, especially because I don't want people going into caffeine withdrawal in my program because then they blame me for the headaches and the constipation and the grumpiness. Uh, one cup is fine. I've tested unsweetened almond milk for all these years and it works. So that's the one I usually stick with. Um, but soy milk, I've seen people have issues with. Oat milk usually has oil and sugar in it. Haven't tested all the other ones, so they might work, might not. But if you want tried, true, and tested, the unsweetened almond milk is the way to go. Sounds good. Brandy says, can cilantro be counted for the two pound total of greens required for your rapid recovery program? I've never said people need two pounds of greens. People come up with all this, but uh, you want to, <laughs> um, but uh, you, cilantro, I would just, I wouldn't count it just, I mean, how much cilantro are you eating? Like I just stick with like the cruciferous. So and, and spinach and stuff like that, like spinach and kale and broccoli and cauliflower and you know, like the more cabbage, stuff like that. Let's stick with the more traditional ones to count towards your super high nutrient stuff. It's so funny how you say that you never said that. It, it, it's, it's interesting that people say the things we say that we've never said. Like I had this girl saying, Chef AJ forces you to eat a pound of steamed kale every morning and drink the water. Like I even have the authority to do that, but it's just, it's interesting how... <laughs> People say, no, you never said that, huh? <laughs> said that, you know, I mean, anyway, it's just funny to me. I mean, you're free to eat two pounds of raw vegetables. I mean, like you can totally do that, but I've never said that people had to do that. That's awesome. great. Um, this is from Leah. She says, I've been plant-based for over 10 years and I'm doing the goodbye lupus protocol for bursitis. A few years in my nose, a few years in comma, my nose started running at random times when eating. It also runs sometimes while doing your protocol. I've tried to figure out if it's a certain food that causes it, but never been able to. Do you have any advice? Not really. No. I mean, your nose running, it could be from temperature. So maybe a cold smoothie activates your nose running. Uh, it could be from some kind of allergy. I, yeah, I, I'm not sure. That'd be something you'd have to test and, and, you know, keep notes on and see if you could figure it out. But if it goes away quickly, I don't know that it's anything problematic, but yeah, off the top of my head, I don't know. Yeah, here's one. Uh, we, I, I get a lot of questions on this and I haven't really had a lot of doctors talk about it or how to help people with this. And this is from Kara. And she says, is it possible for a whole food plant-based vegan, no animal foods for over 10 years to get rid of interstitial cystitis? I did water fasting at True North for two weeks and that helped amazing. Um, I felt like a normal person after 30 years of having it. However, the minute I have tea or vinegar again, it starts back. Well, don't have tea or vinegar. That's what I would, I would start there. Yeah. <laughs> she wants, she would love to be able to have those foods back in her life. Any chance your protocol could allow that to happen? Or are those foods just off limits for life? You know, I used to have cystitis. It's very painful. I don't know if uh, everyone's aware of what interstitial cystitis is, but it basically is inflammation inside the bladder and urethra that makes it feel like you have a UTI all the time. Mm -hmm. It is excruciating. And, uh, and it's, so I've definitely had that. I've had all sorts of inflammatory issues <laughs> in my day. Sometimes I forget about them until someone brings it up. And go, oh, I had that. Um, so I had that and, um, uh, diet, definitely. I mean, when I 
the last, it, this is, I, this is interesting actually. So when I first got healthy, I didn't know why, because I was, I just graduated medical school as a resident. And so it couldn't be my diet, right? Cause I, I didn't learn anything about diet. So I didn't really realize why I was better at the time. I had originally done this protocol to lose weight for my wedding and it worked. I've never gained it back. Even we just celebrated our 18 year anniversary this month. So it worked, but I didn't know that it had any, it was connected to the fact that my labs were negative to lupus. It just didn't cross my mind. So, um, so I did start trying to add some things back. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. I got my weight loss goal and I'd been a vegetarian for a long time. So I was like, Oh, maybe I'll try adding free range eggs back. Um, I didn't want to add dairy back. Cause I'd also, while I, I moved to California at the time, and then I went to, um, Oh, what's it called? There's a farm sanctuary there. And I learned about dairy and I was like, oh, I recently stopped drinking milk. And then I learned about other horrors about it. And I was like, yeah, I don't need to ever have that again. Uh, but I wanted eggs back. I had missed it. So there was a farm nearby, free range, yada, yada. So I added eggs back and my interstitial cystitis came back. And I didn't know at the time that was the reason. And I was like burning all the time. And my husband said, you know, I don't know when you changed your diet before everything went away. I wonder if there's anything you added. And, you know, my brilliant husband, I'm like, yeah, I added eggs, took eggs out. It went away within a week. A month later, introduced them again and it came back and I went, okay, I'm done with eggs. And then after I had my first son, Solomon, it was when we actually did the research that confirmed why I was well. And so I didn't know. I didn't know it was the food. Um, that's why I would say, give your doctor some time to, to believe you. I didn't believe my own body. But anyway, so there was a food trigger for me. I don't even consider that food anymore, but there was something I was eating that triggered me. Uh, and so sometimes I think it's important to take that into account. It is so excruciating to have cystitis that I would say if you've identified your triggers, I wouldn't test it anymore because that hurts. Now, I have had people do my program who've gotten better because, again, it's food related. So sometimes people are eating things that are inflammatory and that's causing the problem. So if you're eating inflammatory, take it out. But if you are otherwise eating well and you have no other health problems and those things trigger you, I would personally just take them out. Yeah, well, that would make sense to me too. Oh, here, I've never heard of flaxseed tablets, but Terry says instead of ground flaxseed, can she use flaxseed tablets? Never heard of those. Uh, probably talking about omega-3 supplements. I don't really recommend it because they're not very effective. Omega-3 fatty acids will oxidize quickly when they're exposed to air or heat. So once you've pressed them, gotten the oil out, and then you put them into a capsule and then you stick it in somebody's cabinet or stick it on a truck, right? Um, they're exposed to air, it's exposed to heat, and there's probably not much active omega-3 left in them. So when you have fresh flax oil, you can open it up and smell it. If it's going bad, it smells like fish, you get rid of it. But in a capsule, you don't even know if you're getting any benefit from it. Mm. Uh, one of the live viewers, Peg, says, your protocol plus lifestyle medicine helped me halt my RA symptoms. Thank you. I bet you hear that a lot. Congratulations. Yes, but it never gets old. Yeah. I, I told you I've run into people here just at vegan restaurants that are on your protocol and they just like say how much it helped them and they rave about you. Here's an interesting uh, question about from Liz. She's 70 years old with a history of RA and stage three chronic kidney disease off of all RA medications since switching to whole food plant-based diet two years ago. She's wondering about all the new vaccines, plus even the older ones, if they could overwhelm a now healthy immune system, COVID, flu, RSV, shingles, pneumonia, the list goes on. So what are your thoughts of vaccines for people that have maybe autoimmune conditions overwhelming their 
Yeah, I have never seen that really be the primary issue. More common is people have autoimmune diseases are more at risk to getting sick. And so vaccines have been beneficial for those people. I know now there's going to be some people like leaving the lab, but what can you do? Um, I'm very results-based. So I go with what works over everything, whether it's nutrition or medical. Um, and what I've seen is that they've been beneficial for people uh, overall, especially who are higher risk. Great. Benito wants to know if you've ever heard of the AIP, autoimmune protocol diet, and if you've heard of it, would you recommend it for someone diagnosed with diverticulitis or IBS, or is there something else you'd recommend? Of course there is. So you are... <laughs> I know. I'm just... <laughs> So AIP is a, is a paleo approach to treating autoimmune disease. Mm. Uh, and so that involves uh, one, getting rid of dairy and getting rid of processed eating. Um, but it still includes, uh, it, it does include eating a lot of vegetables, um, but it also includes eating animal products, bone broth and meat products. Although they tell you to eat free range only because they're less inflammatory, it's rare to meet anyone who actually does all that. But even so, it's still inflammatory. So no, I think it would be much better idea to do the goodbye lupus protocol where everything you're eating is actually anti-inflammatory. So with AIP, you're eating some things that are anti-inflammatory and some things that are inflammatory. So some people get better because it's better than their diet was, but then they'll hit a wall, right? Some people get worse. I've seen people go into kidney failure eating that way um, or people who added that to their diet, who then developed autoimmune disease. So I don't think a diet makes sense if some people can get better and some people can get worse. That sounds like they still have more research to do. Um, if you go with the goodbye lupus protocol, nobody gets worse. Your diseases will get better. So that's definitely a better way to go. But if you're not ready and you're on the standard Western diet, that's a good stepping stone because it's at least an improvement in what you're doing. Um, but it's not optimal. And with diverticulitis, we're talking about inflammation inside the bowel. So if you put inflammatory items into the bowel, like bone broth, um, you're going to make that worse. That's why it drives me nuts. But industry wants you to use that all up. So they're like, yeah, bone broth, animal products, meat, and it actually makes the, the bowels worse. So um, definitely don't recommend it. Yeah, great. Where you are though, you know. Um, Leah says, Dr. Goldner, I've been plant-based for over 10 years, but have used antibiotics for frequent UTIs. How long would I need to use your recommended probiotics for a healthy gut from Pat's use? And when I have to take an antibiotic in the future, I've used various medicines, most recently the one-dose phosphomycin. Try, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> they make medicines hard to pronounce on purpose, I think. Um, okay. So one, uh, chronic UTIs, I'd be looking at causality for that. So I don't know if you have a physical uh, issue. Sometimes it's anatomy and it's just going to happen. Um, but I'd be talking to the doctor about minimizing risk factors. If your immune system is not working as well, I definitely recommend you add that hypernourishment piece. Um, but if you have to take antibiotics on a regular basis, you probably should be on pro probiotics full time because you, there's just constant disruption and you don't want the wrong bacteria uh, growing in or taking over. Um, but especially if you acutely need antibiotics, then you would take it during. And then I'd recommend you probably keep going for at least a few months, maybe six months. But if it's frequent enough, I would just keep it as a supplement. 
I don't know if you have time to even listen to other doctors' podcasts, but I've had some remarkable neurogynecologists and gynecologists on the show, like Dr. Rachel Rubin and Dr. Kelly Casperson. And they talked about, she didn't say her age, but for older women, menopausal women, that if they start taking, you know, like Uvafem, they don't get UTIs anymore. And a whole bunch of my audience did, and they don't. Yeah. Yeah. You can make a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't. Whenever someone's constantly, people go, oh, you know, this person, you know, that person. Nope. All I do all day is I'm working with people and helping them recover. Sometimes I hang out with you for an hour, but yeah, I, uh, I, but you've heard about treating with, with estrogen for, for this problem, probably. Right. Sure. Yeah. But I won't comment on it or recommend it when I get out of my realm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I just, I'm just saying that for people because she didn't say her age and I know that's helped some people. Anyway, Nancy says I'm already plant-based and high raw, but deal with recurring SIBO. Any recommendations? All right. So is it SIBO? SIBO. Okay. So SIBO. So that oh, <laughs> you shouldn't have to know every medical condition. <laughs> you like, say, you say SIBO, I say SIBO. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start singing now. Don't get me started. I do love a good uh, show tune. All right. Um, so this one, I, I would want more time to analyze your diet. Uh, because you're getting this overgrowth of, of bacteria in your gut. What exactly are you eating? Um, some people have gotten it medically treated. It's an, it's, an, it's an overgrowth of bacteria. But I've also seen when people do like my protocol that those symptoms go away, whether or not they, sometimes I don't know, like you go to a doctor, you're going to get a diagnosis. They'll test and say, oh, it's SIBO. And sometimes they'll say it's irritable bowel and sometimes they'll say it's something else. But if people just generally get better and feel better, it doesn't really matter to me what it was. Um, so when I'd make sure you're hypernourishing, you might need to be also on a probiotic. Sometimes people think that if I have too much bacteria in my gut, I shouldn't take a probiotic, but actually it'll help you have the right bacteria that maybe will cause less symptoms. But if you're still struggling, you might be someone I actually have to meet with to, to figure it out. I'm not sure. No. Liz says, do green smoothies help with lumps in the breast, your green smoothie protocol? Well, I guess it would depend on the reason for the lump. Um, it's kind of a real general question. I can say that it has helped with uh, women's health, whether it's been, um, I had somebody recently, I don't recommend this, I don't like talking about it because I'm afraid to misdirect people, but um, I had uh, someone recently with breast cancer, she has a, a tumor and she's refusing to get medical treatment or a surgery. And I actually recommend like, if you have a tumor, personally, I would remove it. I just don't like the idea of having one, but she doesn't want to get any medical treatment at all. And she started my protocol. And within the first month, her markers in her bloodstream have been just dropping really quickly. So, and I've had other people have had issues like that. I usually recommend that you add it to whatever your medical treatment is. I don't recommend it instead of medical treatment because those are scary conditions and you need to have as much supervision medically as possible, I believe. Um, but yes, we've seen benefits for that. I've seen benefits for all sorts of issues like fibroids and endometriosis and other things. So I don't know if this is like a cyst, is this a tumor, is this a cancer? It's too vague, but it can be a component of optimizing your body's ability to repair damage, to have your immune system fight back against anything harmful and to have the best health possible all around. But yeah, it's too vague for me to know exactly. Right. Thank you. And they can always, even though there's, like you said, a waiting list for a while, they can always make an appointment when they have multiple questions or questions beyond sure. the yeah, you know, your, your weekly Q and A's. Thank you. Um, this is something you deal with a lot is weight loss. And Leanne says, 
Is it easier to lose weight with potatoes, lentils, beans, tortillas versus high fats of avocado or tofu? I started doing your smoothies and it helped me crave raw and lightly steamed vegetables, but to keep satiated, I need to add something else. Avocados and tofu. I know I usually give up, but like hands down, avocado and tofu, you won't slow down at all. You'll keep accelerating your fat loss that way. Great. And she says, um, uh, walking 30 minutes a day, your thoughts? Um, walking to me is more like a meditation. It's great self-care. It's not going to really advance your fitness goals. Walking will help people lose weight initially, especially if they're very overweight. Um, but as you lose weight, you get less and less benefit. Because if you think of it this way, if I was, let's say I was 200 pounds, I'm not really a 200 pound person. I'm about 115, 120 pound person carrying an extra 80 pounds on my back, right? So if I carried right now 80 pounds on my back everywhere I went and I walked for 30 minutes, I would get so fit, right? But once you start dropping weight, walking gets easier and easier and it doesn't really give you much weight loss benefit, but it gives you a lot of emotional benefit. It's good for you. So if you're trying to lose more fat, you want to do um, resistance training. So weights, and you want to do high intensity interval training, and you can look those up and find a ton of resources. Nice. Um, this question is from Julie. If high levels of flax chia act to suppress an overactive immune system in autoimmune conditions, how does the same amount of flax chia not suppress the immune system in those that don't have autoimmune conditions? It doesn't suppress the immune system. So that's a misunderstanding. So the omega-3 fatty acids create the anti-inflammatory immune system that actually brings you back to baseline after any kind of inflammatory injury or assault or something's going on that requires your inflammatory immune system. So for most people, they can generate an inflammatory response just fine because that comes from arachidonic acid, omega-6 fatty acids, which is in everything from animal products and oils to also nuts and seeds and, and even a little bit in other vegetables and things. But most people are overdosed in omega-6 her whole life. I know I was. I mean, I lived off cheese, eggs, and processed junk. So omega-6, I could make inflammation all day. And I was using it to create arthritis, rashes, kidney failure, right? So people have excess uh, inflammatory immune response. And the anti-inflammatory immune system, the base for that is omega-3 fatty acids. And most people just do not have sufficient omega-3s to balance out the omega-6 because the ratio of the two is what determines the health of your immune system. So if you have autoimmune disease, then we know already that you have a superactive inflammatory immune system because it's just attacking everything, but you can't bring yourself back to baseline. You can't be normal. So what we find is in someone who's already healthy, that they just are even more resistant to disease. So for a lot of graduates of working with me, what they find is that not only do they no longer have autoimmune disease, but they don't get colds, they don't get flus. If they get surgery, like I have someone who's worked with me for a while, we started out working with her thyroid, she reversed the Hashimoto's, now she's working with me on her trauma, but um, trauma takes longer than Hashimoto's. But we've been working on her traumas and things, and uh, she recently had to have a surgery on her shoulder, and she went to see her doctor and he's like, I can't believe you just had the surgery. You look like you've been healing for, for four times as long. And that's what I usually see in two weeks. They see like two to six months worth of healing. So it just optimizes your body's ability to bounce back and to get to a baseline rather than it be a long time. Like if you're sick for one to two weeks, when you get a flu, you've got a slow inflammatory, uh, slow anti-inflammatory response. So yeah, it's not suppression. And it's one of the reasons why people get this wrong a lot when um, like if the white count is lower, right? So your white blood count is 
a representation of your inflammatory immune response. And when people have been eating the way I teach, often their white blood count is actually borderline or a little bit low. And people, especially doctors who don't understand this will say, oh, look, you're suppressed now, your white count is too low. So now you're at risk of getting sick. But that's not the reality. The reality is those same people who have a low white count on paper, they don't get sick or if they do, they're better within 24 hours because they have low baseline inflammation, but if their body needs inflammation, boom, it can act and come right back down again. So I hope that is more uh, clear. Did you ever think of like having a green smoothie retreat place? Like, <laughs> um, We've thought about it over the years. Uh, it's, it's a lot, as you know, it's a lot putting on events. Um, and, uh, and between my practice and, and my kids, um, it's just one of those things where it's easier for me to fly to an event and appear and come back than to, to plan. But potentially, we've actually thought it'd be better to plan something like self-care retreats because people can eat the food, but they usually are not very good at the happiness component. And my husband and I are really good at that. Yeah, you, you've mastered that. I got to tell you. <laughs> we have that in common. My husband and I have that in common. You know, we are very different. Um, our personalities, uh, the way we think about things, all that kind of stuff. But the thing that unifies us that we have in common is we're both really committed to happiness. If there's a struggle, we come together to solve it as quickly as possible so we can go back to happiness. We never let it take us down. So we, yes, we are very committed to happiness and to solving issues and then doing self-care and, and being grateful and enjoying life every day. And so, yes, if I could teach people one thing that will change their lives. Happiness actually works better. I was just talking to my four-weeker who's dealing with glaucoma and I was trying to show her somebody else I work with, Bernard, who made a video about, we were, he's in his seventies, we reversed his glaucoma in five weeks. So he's completely gone. And yet when he wrote out the best benefit of working with me, it wasn't curing the glaucoma, it was happiness. That it was the first time in his life that he was no longer grumpy and he was just like mindful and happy and connected. And that changed his life more than healing his eyes. So yeah, that, that would be, I think the retreat I would plan if I, if, and when I have the time and bandwidth to do it. Well, sign me up for that class and maybe write a book on it. When is your book coming out by the way? Cause we want to have you on the show, of course. Oh, okay. Well, we're close to we ever been. Um, and so right now, actually the last edit I got back from the designer, I only had like three things I wanted fixed. So this is the best. Cause usually every time I get it back, there's like 20. So I, I think uh, I think in time to be a stocking stuffer for sure. So after this next set that I'm sending back, we're going to print a proof and examine it. Oh, that'd be amazing. And maybe even make like a recipe from it possibly. Yeah, yeah. I, it's been, this book has been more anticipated than anything I've ever done. I wrote the entire Goodbye Autoimmune Disease after I said I'd start this. I started to put it down and then wrote all of Goodbye Autoimmune Disease. And now we're back to it. But we actually are that close. We're just adjusting pictures and changing font around and moving things over to make it look good. Because people have been asking for this so long. If it's not nice or good, it's going to just be a nightmare. So it has to be good. <laughs> What's it called? And uh, can people pre-order it yet? Can't pre-order it yet, um, but it's called Goodbye Lupus, Hello Delicious. I love it. I love it. It's fantastic. Oh, um, there's a question from Liz. If her friend is allergic to pineapple, is there a replacement in the green smoothie? Any fruit you like. Remember, fruit is a spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. It doesn't matter. You don't like pineapple? Eat mango. Eat banana. Eat 
papaya, eat apples, eat grapes. Like, yeah, don't let that stop you. Just whatever fruit you like, or do it like Chef AJ, just take the fruit out, right? Yeah, it doesn't it, it matter. It could be a savory smoothie, but yeah, people do like the sweet. What are the best tests for diagnosing autoimmune diseases and lupus? I'm asking because my cheeks are red. Well, I mean, this if you're having issues that you think you might have lupus, I do recommend you go to a doctor. That's a good, you know, doctors are good for diagnosing things. Uh, and if you have, let's say you do have lupus and you think it's just a rash in your cheeks, what if there's something else going on internally? So not to scare you, but I just think when you think you're sick, that is a good time to go to a doctor to actually get a diagnosis and see, is this you know, a reaction to the sun? Is this a reaction to a new ointment I have or, or, or serum? Is this something autoimmune? But in general, um, the tests would be ANA, which is a general test for autoimmune disease, CRP, ESR, which are inflammatory markers. And then there's an entire autoimmune panel they can do that looks for things like DSDNA for lupus or SSA, SSB for Sjogren's, et cetera, et cetera, throughout the, the list. But it might not be, so don't get yourself all worried when it might be something else. But if you think you're sick, go to the doctor. And if you do get diagnosed, well, you're already going to know what to do to get rid of it, right? You're going to get on goodbye lupus protocol and get healthy. So you don't need to be scared. You just need to get focused. No worries. Well, thank you so much. We caught up on so many questions. I appreciate you doing this so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's good to see you again. Did you have a good, you had a little travel time? You had a good time? I, I went to True North for a couple of weeks. It actually, that's what, that's what healthy people do for vacation, you know? That's <laughs> right. That's right. Because I saw your skeleton, your, your before and after. I, know. I, I asked permission it. before posting that, but yeah, Dr. Goldhammer said, not only post it, but say, say he wanted me to continue even further. Yeah. I never, you know, I, I thought about doing that because people are always scared. Everyone wants to lose weight. And then when they lose weight, they're like, oh, am I going to lose too much weight? So I, I thought about using that and being like, here's, Goodbye, lupus. Hello, skeleton, right? Yeah. Well, that's how you know we've lost too much. Yeah, feel free. I'll happy to send you the picture. Actually, it was at Heather McDougall's house. She had the skeleton decorated for Halloween. I'm like, can I, can I put some clothes on it? And she said, yes. I have skeletons all over my house right now. Those, and they're they're awesome. There's one like sitting at my dining room table with a teacup right now. Um, as long as you don't have any in your closet, we're good. No. <laughs> I'm just, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, oh, awesome. super good to see you. That's I was so good. Thank you. And I can't wait for your book to come out. And hopefully you're the last uh, Monday of the month. So maybe it'll come out before then. Let's hope. Okay. If not, then we'll catch you when you thanks so much, Dr. Gold. Thanks. Bye everybody. Thanks. Appreciate your passion, your compassion, and of course your time. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Pacific time when we have our plant-based resident physical therapist, Aline Kapsafas. She is going to be talking about moving well to age well, how posture impacts strength and stability. Take care, everyone. I hope to see you then. And please remember that if you watch on Facebook, we can't see your comments. I personally can see them after the show if I go on the Facebook page, but this is a YouTube show, which means that if you want to have comments that, the, that we can ask your questions or participate in the active group chat, we do stream to both Facebook and Twitter. However, it is a YouTube show. So if you want us to see what you're having to say during the show, you will need to watch on YouTube. My name is Chef AJ on YouTube. That's where all the action is. You can subscribe or not, hit the notification bell or not, but that we're not ignoring you on those other platforms. We just can't see what you're writing. So thanks for understanding and take care. Bye-bye.